On this episode of Resi Week, we talk service contracts that aren't always RMR, a new online tool for quoting VR, smart home, and home theater. Access Networks adds a new security head, and power a lot of times is your issue. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week episode 60, Scalable Issues. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks and by Peerless AV, the official outdoor display provider of the Daytona International Speedway. This is Resi Week. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv, and today I am pleased to be joined by Jimmy Paskey of Surgex. How are you, sir? Very well. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. It's your first time, so we're going to be extra nice, I promise. Awesome. He won't. No, I won't. But notwithstanding, the, the gentleman who just popped up in his oh-so-friendly way is Todd Puma. He is the president of the Source Home Theater. How are you, Todd? Doing well, Matt. Doing really well. Thank you for pointing that out in my oh-so-nice way. Well, you know, got to do my part, right? Uh, I want to give you a virtual hug for that one. Oh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, gentlemen, let's jump right into a story that comes to us from Residential Systems. <clears throat> Uh, this is from Joseph Kolofsky saying that service contracts and RMR are not the same thing. Now, as you, uh, as you read through this article, you know, one of the things that has been pushed in both, both the CDA channel and the, the Infocom channel has been that uh, ever important RMR and how to get it and how to obtain it. Now, as you read through this story, uh, Joseph goes on to point out a couple of, you know, kind of really key things that essentially service contracts don't necessarily have to be a paid service plan, that there is a difference between, you know, having a service contract that's dictating your terms of service and your service level agreements that don't necessarily require an opt-in paid membership type plan. Uh, through the article, he goes through to further further elaborate on that and uh, kind of show you the, the best ways to to position your company to do that. Todd, looking at uh, obviously this article, but also really RMR as a whole, is there something to be said for properly managing the expectation of what your service level is for each client, whether they're paid or not? Oh, no, I agree. This, what Joseph, you know, what Joseph stated here is actually what we've been talking about for weeks right now with my, uh, my employees is setting expectations from the initial meeting that we have from the consult. Um, and because once expectations are set, the customer understands what you're going to be providing and your service you're going to be providing. So when the service is over and your installation is over, then the customers know what they're getting and not getting. Like he stated here, which I really respect, as he talked a little bit about still offering a service up to a certain point that's not paid for because you want to give a great customer service to keep the customer wanting more, but you shouldn't give it all. You shouldn't give everything to the client. So then your value gets lost. Um, we've been pushing the service contracts. We make a really good point of our phones. Oh no. 
<laughs> oh man, that's kind of embarrassing right there. But at least it's Star Wars. All right, so back to what I was saying. <laughs> it wasn't the YMCA again. That's a good thing I just changed that. Um, <laughs> but back to the important stuff. All right, so with the service agreements and the contracts, that's something we've been doing for a long time. That's how we make our residual, and that's also how we build a great customer experience. With the clients of today and the systems as large as they are, you want to be able to offer something to the clients in order to protect them and protect yourself and make sure they have the greatest customer experience they could possibly have. I have nothing more to say. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm not sure how you're going to follow up that lovely cell phone ring. You know, I, I, I think it was, I, hopefully it won't happen, but because uh, I'm sure my, my ringtone is probably way more feminine. No, I'm just kidding. Um, as long as it's Taylor Swift, we're good. Oh, no, yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> I, I think you could have almost called this article charge or not to charge or what we do, what we don't do. And I think over the past easily 10 years or so, it's always interested me that uh, some dealers charge for services. Sometimes dealers give it away for free. And when you hear dealers say they give it away for free, sometimes you think, oh, like for a month, for 90 days, no, for six months, for a year, for three years. And that's kind of where I shake my head wondering, why does it have to be free? Because I guarantee you my electrician, my plumber, and the guy coming to do any kind of remodeling work, he's not coming out to my house for free anytime, unless there's right. something royal that he screwed up. Well, and that, that raises a really good point. When you look at, you know, supplying the system and, and installing the system, obviously you have to cover some things, right? If the receiver dies 10 weeks into, uh, you know, their, their use of it, you've got to cover that. But if they've, you know, dropped a remote, broken a remote or decided all of a sudden that, you know, we want to change sources that are available in different rooms. If you haven't laid out your service plan properly and your service level properly that your client has signed off on, it, it leads to confusion. What's the best way for a dealer to go about doing that without, you know, offending the client? Well, that's a case by case study. Every job is handled differently. Uh, what we offer is a but one. But you've got to you hold on. Well, you've got to have a system, though. No, you, you, have, can't, yeah. you can't expect your your employers or sorry your employees to make it up or or you know pull it out of a hat for each individual job. Well, well, I agree, but that's where the expectations are set from the beginning. And also, when you're doing the last final walkthrough with the client, you explain what is included. You know, hardware, materials, something messes up in the system. You know, we lifetime guarantee. Um, you know, the wiring and the programming. But with all the other details is we have a very, very, very long list of things that we're going to provide and how long we're going to provide it for. You know, the warranties, it's because the product is warranty doesn't mean we're going to do the labor for free if it comes back. You know, again, based on the client, based on the, you know, the long history that we have in case-by-case -case studies that certain clients do have a little bit more wiggle room than other customers. But overall, you know, we have to provide that service to them and we have to handle it case by case. We're going to send down what is included and not included. But again, with my staff and, you know, with their handling, they're not going to set those expectations with the, the customers. They're there to do a job. And when a question is asked, there's only a couple of people that they could go to. Myself, you know, Mark Kleinberg that works with us uh, and many other people that are on the staff 
are just on the staff. But for myself and Mark, we're the people communicating with our customers. So it's only two lines of communication versus multiple lines of communication. Larger companies might handle that differently, but we handle it this way and it's been working and sufficient. Documentation, paperwork, making sure this like we get in paperwork when we go to a car dealership, initial here, initial here, initial here. Explain to the customers, give them a hard copy, make sure it's always available in the rack area or in somewhere that they feel comfortable holding it and constantly hit back to the communication logs. Very good. Gentlemen, let's move on to a article that comes to us from CE Pro. This is a online quotation tool that is providing smart home, home theater, and most importantly, and maybe most fun, uh, virtual reality estimates. Now, this is uh, Andrew Lucas London. It is a online tool that allows a homeowner to kind of scope out their, their system and choose a number of rooms and Andrew Lucas London will essentially build either a, a VR walkthrough or a uh, fully interactive ex design experience uh, so that they can fully experience what their theater or virtual reality or smart home system will work uh, and, and look like. Gentlemen, is this something that outside of incredibly high-end projects, is this something that has a place in, you know, everyday home theater? Yeah, I, uh, so I guess uh, I'll speak up. Um, I think it, it's all relative in this business. I'll ask one guy, what is low end? He says 20 grand. I'll ask another guy, what is low end? He says 300,000. And I mean, to me, 300 grand, even 20 grand is a lot of money to put up. And I think at the end of the day, either of those customers are going to be under the impression that they're spending a good bit of money. And I think either one of them could appreciate the ability to review the project in a, I'll say closer to transparent way. Cause I, it's interesting as I was reading this article, that's talking about transparency. I almost felt like I physically had to see what this process looked like <laughs> in order to see how transparent it was. My thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> Todd, does this, broach the conversation though of as we're moving forward technology wise just in general that we now have the opportunity and the methods to you know outside of just doing a, a laundry list of hey you're getting this stuff and here's a here's a mm -hmm. you know a paint mock-up of what your your user interface will look like are we to the point that this is really going to start to become commonplace of providing not only just 3D renders, but 3D walkthroughs and, and virtual reality walkthroughs. I, I think it is. Listen, we're moving forward, right? We have voice control at this point that we never expect to have. Um, with systems like this and showing the customer something, giving them something visually or something to hold, and in this case, you're not holding it, but you're holding the virtual reality glasses if this is the way it's gonna go, or the iPhone. Um, I feel it is a good user experience. Right now, is it gonna cost more? Yeah, it's going to cost a little bit more. Is it for the higher end customers? Just like you stated, that $20,000, no matter what the customer is spending, they're spending money and there's a value to that. And there's no reason mm -hmm. to put a target point on it. But if this becomes more affordable and it becomes something that we kind of get handed to us in an app control and we're not paying, you know, for an amount of time that we're investing into it, I feel that this would be something I would utilize. It's, it's a great tool. And, you know, the first time anyone who put on those Samsung Oculus gla glasses and looked through it and put the earbuds in, they, it's just, wow, it's, it's amazing. 
just that experience alone can sell a customer on what you're going to provide for them, that level of excellence that you're giving them, the amount of time you're investing. If you're investing that much into this aspect, just imagine what you're going to be investing into their home. Well, and when you look at, you know, how far this has come, mm -hmm. the fact that we can now, you know, I, I remember the first time that we offered a client like a 3D render that we could actually mm -hmm. move around and navigate on the screen. The, the first time we offered that to a client to show them what their theater was going to look like, you know, the, the awe and wonder on their face was fantastic. And it was so much easier to sell that system because they could experience it. It wasn't just a, you know, a printed quote Elevation. that they went through. Exactly. Yeah. Something now, can't read. Yeah. yeah. Can't. <laughs> now that this is even more so available and we can throw that VR in there, it's going to, in my opinion, one, it's, it's going to separate dealers, right? right? You'll have higher end guys that are able to continue to play in that higher end space because they can offer this. And the lower end guys, if they're quoting against something, you know, it, if you show up with that 3D render and somebody else is showing some virtual reality, yep. you're probably going to lose that. You're going to lose that quote. You're going to lose that bit. <laughs> Could potentially for sure. Well, it, it's all about the customer if they're at a price point, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the time, it's not all about the bells and whistles. It's about the price. That's all they care about. They mm -hmm. don't know or understand the user experience. They don't understand that you pay for what you get for. Um, you pay for what you get. And they're going to look at the guy who's offering all this belt like, wow, it's virtual reality. This guy must be expensive. You know, they're, they're not going to look at it as, oh, these guys are really putting attention to detail, the price shoppers. And a lot of our customers are DIY smart shoppers at this point who know it all because they can get to Amazon and read a sentence that says, yep, that's what I need. And that's exactly what it's going to do. I'm, I'm going to counter that though and say that nobody who's going to play in the VR space is really going to be dealing with someone who actually will ever take the time to check an Amazon review. At this point, at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, at lot, this point, a lot of people have their assistants who do all the work. So mm -hmm. the guys who don't have all the money, so they're a little more savvy, <laughs> right? They understand well, the real world. And something I was reading into when I, when I was re reviewing this article, it almost seems that you could go online and shop for your system at this lucasstudios.com. You could put your system mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. and in all transparency, have your, your price spit out. So then at that point, I am kind of going around shopping Amazon or whoever, because I've got all the bits and pieces that are going into the system. That was a little bit alarming to me, I'll say. Only as I look at the entire CDS space, I kind of thought right after reading, damn, we better make sure we up our game. And I guess by upping our game, we need to be on that same program or better. So we're able to give, like you said, Matt, mm -hmm. the um, virtual reality uh, demonstration, the package as well. Well, where it gets interesting to me is it's not unlike a design build spec from the commercial world mm -hmm. where you have a, you have a designer who designs a system and it goes to, you know, the general contractor who then just submits it out for bid. And, you know, there is something to be said for, you know, I, I know for myself, my company hates doing that kind of work. We don't like it at all, but there are many companies that make a very good living doing that and, and offering, you know, essentially strictly bid work, uh, situations. And it, at least in this case, in theory, it's being designed properly. So at least the end user sure. is getting a, a, a functional system uh, that, you know, again, it, they're still allowing uh, themselves to have a relationship with a integrator who can help them through the process, et cetera, et cetera. 
but from the initial design spec, some of that work is done. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. For sure. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to a quick article uh, that comes to us from strategy.com and our good friend, Ted Green. Access Networks has hired a network security uh, new director of IT. Uh, they hired Roy Beiser, I hope I am saying that correctly, who is a former Intel exec, and his uh, essential job is going to be to provide Access Networks with the highest IT and cybersecurity standards for its company's base of integration pros and their clients. Uh, what's fun about this is, you know, we here at Aviation, we know uh, Access Networks very well. We know Haggai very well. Um, something that he's talked about a lot is the, the fact that AV integrators really need to understand how network security affects their systems and obviously affects their networks and puts their clients at risk. Todd, obviously this is a, this is a, a big deal, but is this something that you know, pretty much every other manufacturer is going to have to kind of follow suit with to properly help protect their clients' networks? I, I would just say for the residential market, yeah. Because if you talk to any IT guy in any of the commercial markets and you say, oh, I'm offering, we'll say package, Luxel, or uh, certain other brands that I won't bring up, they'll laugh. They'll be like, well, uh, that's not really network. Well, now I want to know what brands you're not bringing up. <laughs> There's so many. Anything residentially focused. You know, the, the thing is, these IT guys understand security because they're working in large Fortune 500 companies. The residential brands, it's still new. You know, a lot of dealers are just getting into this. You know, they don't really even understand, you know, virtually, like anything, VPN, VLANs, managed networks, and they definitely don't understand security. Security is something that hasn't been spoken about for a long period of time. It's something that's just been approached with all the different hacks that are happening. I believe after the show, um, Mr. Robot, and what happened with that home automation system, a lot of my clients are discussing that with me. If it happened in this show, can it happen to us? And that's a question that I would love to get answered. Like from actually Haggai on this point is how we're gonna handle that and how we answer that back to our clients. Because there is, there is a security risk. No matter how much we know about the network, I don't think we've ever been trained enough about what really the risks are and how we can avoid that from happening. See, and that's a perfect point. And I think that's exactly why a guy is trying to align himself appropriately and trying to continue to drive the CDA channel with its interest in mind, right? With this person that does have the expertise, uh, their new hire. And, um, and I think they're also elevating their game because you do have Luxo and PackEdge and uh, SnapAV's uh, networking product, uh, a guy's got all of his products that he distributes, you have to be able to provide some level of service, something different, something better to the dealer base. And I agree with you, Todd, that the dealer base mostly understands or is, is understanding networking. I thought three to five years ago, everybody got, got off of the Apple Airport Extremes and I met up with the dealer last month who said, we just did that. And I said, well, that's weird because everybody knows you have to have a solid network. You have to have solid power as a foundation in order not to have problems. And networking is something totally tangible. My issue is a whole different game. But yeah, I think a guy's trying to, to set his company up for a good alignment with the CDA channel moving forward. Now where this gets entertaining is, you know, Jimmy, you said it very well. It, it is, it's a scalable system, or sorry, it's a scalable issue. 
Whereas what some people determine to be secure is not what someone else would determine to be secure. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the, the space that Haggai and Access Networks plays in is a little higher than guys that may be using some of the other products that are out there. Mm-hmm. But there's something to be said for doing the best that you can for your client based on where they're at. And, you know, what, what I've noticed over the years is that there are AV dealers that don't understand even how a VLAN works. So they, you know, can't offer that type of security uh, or, or systems to their clients. Now, Todd, where do dealers need to essentially cut the, cut the cord with dealing with network and pass that on to somebody who is more equipped to properly handle that when they don't have the networking acumen to do it? Well, that's really the question that they need to ask themselves. Honesty. It's not about the dollar. If you feel like you can't handle something, just pass it along to the professionals. That's what a guy and his company is there for is we get a lot of large projects and you know what? There's things that come up that not even we can answer. You know what, that's where you need the professionals is I specialize in so many different areas wearing so many different hats. And I feel the same with my guys as well is they're answering a lot of questions and networking is the most important part of the system. And you know what, with the projects we're doing and the questions that can be answered and we can't answer them, pass it to the other guys that know what they're doing, like access networks. Jimmy, how hard is it for dealers to actually do that? Like it's easy for us to sit here and say, you know, hey, if if you realize you're you're over your head, you should pass this on. But well, how many how many dealers would actually look at it and t- take a hard long look and say, you know what, we can we can handle the basic stuff, but when we get to this level, we're going to pass that on because we I don't if, we don't know. I think if they were smart, they would. But I think the second you say you're not the expert in networking, and networking is such a vital p- component of a system. Uh, mm-hmm. again, if, if a homeowner's spending a lot of money with you, I think they're going to think otherwise. Like maybe I shouldn't spend this money with no, this guy. You shouldn't have to say that. So that's the question, right? You're handling your cap. Your company is handling that you're partnering with somebody, which the customer doesn't see it on their end. It's a seamless interaction. You know, your hand gotcha. prompts. the buck stops with the source home theater, the buck stops right there. So that's not the end that they need to know. The end is, is that they need to know to hire somebody that's going to take care of their customer. You need to align yourself with professionals and companies like access networks is they're not going to cut you out. They're not going to try to go to your customer in six months to a year and say, Hey, you know, I'm a New York based uh, company. I'll manage your network on the side just because the relationship didn't work out. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a really good point. Cause I think then if you don't go to somebody like an access or maybe some other, maybe Luxel does this or pack edge does this down the road. uh, But if you don't do that, it's a consistency issue as well. Mm-hmm. your level of work might be completely different than the guy who's helping you out, the subcontractor. Mm-hmm. Right. And well, the people, get hungry. To the, people yeah. get hungry. That's the thing is people yeah. get hungry and they do silly things at the point. They might not, you know, they're getting that project. They're happy. They're not looking on paying their bills, but a lot of time, no matter how high end they are, they need to feed them a certain amount of guys. They're going to go out and do something that's against their integrity or against their principles of running their business. And it happens. I've seen it many times, 12 years of being in business. You know, you could trust a lot of people and they're great people, but when money gets in the way and times get hard, they change. Yeah. Very good. Gentlemen, let's go to our last article very quickly. Uh, This comes to us from Sound and Communications. (laughs) 
it's a case study on power protection. So, you know, in our last article, we really talked about obviously the network and, and how important it is. And Jimmy kind of alluded to it's your, your backbone is your network and your power. And this article dives right into it and kind of covers some of the basics as far as what the culprits are to uh, putting noise and, and, and problems into your system from a power standpoint. Jimmy, obviously you're, you're with Surgex. This is something that you guys kind of know a little bit about. Yeah. Um, just, just like the networking side, how often do dealers overlook the importance of stable power and, and, and clean power when it comes to their systems? And what can they do to properly, you know, I've always, I've always seen these things uh, transpire over the course of time where call it the guys who are doing the most sophisticated complex systems, you know, upper echelon, if you will, but everyone's good. It's all relative. Mm -hmm. This upper echelon of guys doing the most complex systems. They tend to be the guys who will say things like seven or so years ago, we need a damn good network. Because even this, just the Marantz receiver, a Blu-ray, a set-top box, and an Apple TV is causing us grief. And that's only a few devices. Now we have, I had a home in Naples with 500 IP addressable devices in the home. So you look at that and you go, that would be a nightmare for something like an air, airport extreme. So three to five years ago, dealers got into the, yeah, we need a solid network. I think literally around mid-2015 to late-2015 was the first I had heard of iterations from not the top of the top, but maybe the top 50 dealers in the country saying, we need to standardize on power. Jimmy, can you help us? We'll have a dialogue with you guys. We'll have a dialogue with other vendors as well. Can you help us on standardizing on power? Because when the network goes down, it's tangible. It's in your face. Mm -hmm. When you have power problems, the light bulb's still on. An electrician can see 120 out of the outlet. So where's the problem? That's the issue I see all the time. That's actually an issue that we've been encountering is, and it's also my weakest link. And for my company, our training, my employees on is, is power is something we don't know a lot about. And you know, what you're stating is that the, we had an electrician come in a few weeks ago. They managed everything. Everything looks fine. There's nothing happening. We're good mm -hmm. to go. But obviously a blue bolt, I'm sorry for saying another company, but a blue bolt yeah. blew out in the rack and I never seen this happen before. So there's obviously an issue happening, power issues, power outages, things are dipping, and we can't figure out where it's from. So that's, this is perfect for a lot of other deals. I'm sure they're going to say the same thing I'm stating, is power is something that nobody understands. Not nobody, but uh, very little understands. A lot, of people, a lot of people don't understand. And we have a diagnostic tool that has helped at least 150 to 200 dealers in this past year. But they do what you do. They suspect a power problem. They measure voltage. It's 120. And then we go and we discover neutral ground voltage is extremely high and it's taking product out. We, we were able to connect the dots. And, and I agree with you. This is, a, this is a brand new thing for dealers. And I, I know that around 20 or so, 20 to 50, somewhere in that range, have said, we suspect it's power and we, we know the electrician knows what they're doing, but we want to investigate further. Well, and, and that's all we're... Go ahead. When there's something to be said for, you know, just like when you're selling and installing lighting control, not every electrician understands how lighting control works on a large scale. And by extension, not every electrician can walk into a, a house and, and test an outlet and go, oh yeah, I know it looks fine. It, it, there's, there, there shouldn't be a problem here. 
-hmm. they're not all, you know, just like every other industry, they're not all well equipped uh, across the board to solve funky electrical issues. You know, we've, we've, my company's seen this for years in house worship projects where you've Mm -hmm. got three phase and, you know, they're hiring some guy that goes to the church to do their electrical, but he's not a commercial electrician. I think Lauren's uh, article hit it on the head. Products have gotten way more sensitive than they ever have been. And uh, you need a good power, you need good networking to try to resolve, not react to the issues that those jobs are having because of that. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's cut it there. Thank you both so much for being with us today. Uh, Jimmy, where can people connect with you? Uh, I'm at jimmy.paschke at amatech.com. <laughs> Email. Perfect. Jimmy Paschke on Twitter. There you go. All right, Todd, thank you uh, again for joining us. Where can people find you? They can find me at residentialsystems.com uh, as well as the thesourcehometheater.com. Excellent. Thanks again, guys, for, for joining us. As for myself, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social network platform. But more importantly, please take a moment to stop by avnation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our underwriters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you uh, support them as well. Thanks again. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.